0: Hey, it's Pops from Jacksonville, Florida. You're just in time for the Living in Las Vegas podcast on the Vegas Video Network. Take it away, Scott. Thanks, Pops. Living in Las Vegas starts now. Yes, it does. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome from Las Vegas, Nevada, that groovy little podcast that gives you a true first-person look into what it's like to call Sin City your home, The Living in Las Vegas Podcast. Here we go. Incoming. Uh, your host, yes, hey. a man who clearly needs some kind of introduction, otherwise you wouldn't know who he was. A singer of the Scuddy. Mr. Scott <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Living in Las Vegas podcast here on the Vegas Video Network. Oh, that's It's a nice crowd today. And hey... Congratulations, because you're listening to or watching the longest-running podcast about Vegas that actually originates from Vegas, which means that whether you're a local or a tourist, I want you to think of this show as your own secret handshake to all things cool and groovy. Now, our free show is live on the first and third Tuesday of every month at 7 o'clock Pacific Time p.m., at vegasvideonetwork.com forward slash live. Again, vegasvideonetwork.com forward slash live. Come on over. Get yourself in the live chat. Look at all these cool people hanging out there. There's Richard and Ozzy and Zach and Mike and Pops and Indy. We've got all kinds of people hanging out there. It's very, very groovy. And you get some special treatment when you're in the live chat. You get some bonusy stuff if you do a had them with us. You also get to watch us pre show. We can talk a little bit about how we're getting ready for the show. And then post show, Vegas Video Network 2.0. Vegas Video Network After Dark. Basically, it's the stuff that we want to talk about, but we simply don't want on the record. Hey, I'm your host, Scott Whitney. Konnichiwa, buenas noches. I'm the founder of the Vegas Video Network. So on behalf of all of our shows, thanks for checking us out. And on behalf of this groovy little podcast, thanks for playing along as well. Also want to thank Pops, for doing the big intro pops is playing the odds today as you'll see a little bit later on he wants himself a new visor so he's going to be doing the opening video which will get him a, a visor potential uh, entry he's uh, in the live chat he'll get another one of those he's got a video entry for the hat on um, this guy wants a visor and you know what i want him to have one all right let's get this So we're going to be talking about something that I posted on Facebook a couple months ago and got a lot of feedback, uh, both on the Facebook page, but some internal stuff. And uh, it had to do with buying a car. So the topic of today is how I bought a new car for 93% of invoice and the two websites I used to make this happen. All right. So a little bit of background. The Arches of Whitney Villa car buying process. What we do here is that we buy a new car every five years. And then we keep that car for 10 years and we stagger that by five years. So in other words, let's say in 2000, I buy a car. I keep it for five years. In 2006, Melissa gets a new car. I still keep my car for another five years. She's paying for her car for five years. Rinse and repeat. So basically we have one car payment all the time and one car that's not being paid for anymore. All the time it's pretty cool so my turn came up we were doing this basically every December um, and it's not quite December and it's because we decided to stagger a little bit our car buying because uh, the DMV fees here are expensive so for example new car well the car I bought the DMV fee was supposed to be a thousand dollars which is one of the downsides of Nevada by the way there's a lot of very good things here price-wise housing uh, housing uh, gas, that kind of stuff. But DMV fees are super high here. Um, so we thought, well, let's split it off a month so we're not paying you know, $2,000 uh, a month for one month of a DMV. So here are my needs for my car. And they were very, very specific, kind of odd. And they really revolved around the internal storage of my car. So I had a Buick Enclave. Uh, three-row car, and surprisingly enough, that car is actually much larger than most SUVs internally. So based upon that, there are a number of cars that made my criteria for moving forward this year. The first was the Ford Expedition, which is a monstrous car and easily the best reviewed car I have ever seen in my life. Kelly Blue Book loved it. Edmonds loved it. Every fucking website I saw loved it. Every YouTube video loved it. It was a great car. The problem was it was huge. It wouldn't fit in my garage. And second, uh, the high end of that car was close to $80,000, was a little rich uh, for my budget. The next car was the Buick Enclave, like I already had. The problem was I had with that car was uh, I had a kind of a poor history with it. The car I used to have had a, uh, a $4,000 transmission problem, that wasn't great, and a $2,000 brake problem, also not great. Now, the good news was there was a recall on the transmission after it happened to me, so I got my $4,000 back. But nonetheless, I was pretty unhappy with the quality of that car. It was a 2009 Buick Enclave. The Chevy Traverse was on my list, but I didn't really know much about that car. As a matter of fact, I couldn't remember ever seeing one. It just came up on my list as I was doing research on the, uh, the Buick Enclave actually, and then the Chevy Tahoe. So the first deal is I had to have a big car interior-wise, and the second was I needed to have a 360 camera. Which I'm obsessed with. So, what's the deal on that? So, a 360 camera, we've all had, you know, for a long time now, the backup camera. You put it in, in reverse and you can see what's behind you, which is great. Well, the 360 camera is just what it sounds like. You can see 360 degrees around you. So, it looks like there's a camera floating on top of your car, looking down, and you can see everything around the car, which is magic. And the way they do that, by the way, is there's a camera on the front and the back, left and right. And then the computer in the car put those things all together, glue them all together, so it looks like you're looking down from the sp- from space. It's just awesome. And the reason I need that is because with the enclave that I had, oh, it took me about nine years before I was comfortable in parking that car in a, in a parking spot because I couldn't see the front end of the damn thing. So I was always <laughs> worried I was going to pound into something. Nine years, bad. So I said, screw this. Give me a 360 camera so I don't have to worry about that anymore. Okay, by the way, because I wanted the 360 camera, uh, the, uh, the Tahoe was thrown out of the deal. All right, so one of the great things about buying a car nowadays is, because, is we have a level playing field. Unlike anything else out there, it's unbelievable. As a matter of fact, it's better than level, I would argue, because we know everything there is to know about the pricing of the thing that we're negotiating with. Imagine this. You're running a business, whether it's a product or, a, or a, a service, and the person you're negotiating with knows every bit about what it costs you to run your business or what it is that you paid for that thing wholesale. <laughs> Can you imagine how unfair that would be? Well, that's exactly what it is now with buying a car. So, I, I, you know, a lot of people stress out about this. I, there's nothing to be stressed out about. I know what he paid for it. We're going to negotiate the way I want it, and either I'm going to get the car or not, but it's kind of an unfair advantage that I like. So my approach has been in the past that I would be willing to pay about 2% above invoice. You know, my idea being, yeah, you know, I want the dealer to get some amount of money, but I don't want to get crazy about it. So based upon that initial assumption, I started my search. Now, I created a spreadsheet, actually downloaded one and and modified one that could... (laughs) Mm -hmm. joke a horse it had on it the make the model the year the trim which is the different kinds of options that come with it the color other options that might be on it the vin number the msrp the invoice the quoted price that i got from them dealer fees other fees rebates the subtotal of all that taxes then the total quote the target price and the deal value in a percentage in other words is it a percentage above or a percentage below the deal I was shooting for I ended up looking at 18 cars before I started to get real serious about this and it taught me a lot about what cars are being offered for so I decided after a bunch of back-and-forth nonsense that I was gonna go after the Buick Enclave and specifically the Enclave Avenir which is their high-end model and I went with the Enclave because the newer version had, a fa- had fantastic reviews. The reliability got better. You know, the fit and finish is pretty nice. It's a beautiful car. So that was the car I was going after. Now, there are three Buick dealers here in Las Vegas. And so the closest one to me, the one over on Sahara, happened to, happen to have the car that I wanted. So I'm like, this is fantastic. So once I visited their website and saw the car and saw the trim, all the options with the car, I went to the first website that you must go to to ensure you're going to get a good deal. And that website is Kelly Blue Book. It's KBB.com. So the thing that's magic about Kelly Blue Book is they can tell you what that car costs. So what you do is you go through a series of questions. It asks you what year is the car, what's the make, what's the model, what's the trim, what options, what color, interior, exterior, all this kind of stuff. And once it's done, it spits out an amazing (laughs) graphic. And here's what that graphic looks like. So what you're seeing there is some pretty cool information. So you're seeing that it's a 2018 car. The MSRP of this particular car is 54.4. The invoice is 51 7 So now I know what the invoice for that car, with all the add-ons, I know exactly what they paid for that car. They're saying that the fair market value of this car is 49 5 to 52 4 and that the fair purchase price is $50,900. Now, if you look at that number versus the invoice, you'll note that it's less than invoice. So already, without even doing anything, what they're basically saying to you is that you should be able to get this car for less than invoice. In that case, it was about $700 less than invoice, which amounts to about one and a half percent below invoice, which is pretty good, right? So I'm looking at this and going, "Well, this is this is a pretty cool idea." So. While I was looking at the car on the dealer's website, I think it had six or eight pictures, not a lot. And I've seen some that had 50 pictures. So I wanted to see more uh, of this car other than the standard six or eight pictures every single car had. So I decided to see if I could find more pictures on the web. So I took the VIN number off their website for this car, and I did a search. And it brought me to the number two website that changes everything in the way you buy a car. And this was a huge discovery for me. I'm giddy about this. The website's called carsoup.com. And what carsoup.com does is it doesn't show you more pictures, but it it does give you two pieces of information that changes everything. The first thing it tells you is the pricing history of that car. So, for example, I discovered that back on July 4th, that car was offered for 93.59% of invoice. <laughs> what? 93.59%. That became my new offer. That was it. They did it for me. Now, I realized that that was July 4th. It was the July 4th weekend. They were having deals. They had rebates. They have incentives from the dealer or from the manufacturer. I, I don't care. All I knew was that car at one time was offered for that price, and that's where I'm going to start at. Now, I may or may not get it, depending on what, what their deal is, but that's where I'm starting at, which is significantly lower than where I would have started at had I not seen that. So I have pricing history, which is magic. And the second thing is, I now know how long that car has been on the lot which is also amazing. This particular car had been on the lot for 89 days. And that's very, very important because the way dealers work is they buy a car, they don't pay for it out of their pocket, they get a loan for that car. And in their mind, they want to pay off that loan, they want to clear the loan in 30 to 60 days. In other words, they want to sell the car in 30 to 60 days. If it goes beyond 60 days, now that's biting into the profit of that car. Well, this car had been on for almost 90 days, 50% longer than the longest they wanted that car uh, in their possession. So now I knew that as well. I knew they would be motivated to get that car off a lot. Okay, so once I knew all those things, negotiation begins. And I'm a best and final guy. So I'm not a big fan of the back and forth nonsense. Basically, I get on the phone or I send them an email or I go through their website. Uh, and always remotely, I don't do this and you know, on the at the dealer's place because that's just nonsense. I want to go to the dealer and just buy it and get out. So we go back and forth a little bit, and I'm the best and final guy. And the other trick for me, not really a trick, it's true, but it motivates them, is to say I'm going to buy a car today, or I'm going to buy a car, you know, this weekend. It's Thursday, I'm buying a car Saturday. That gets them to pay attention and move forward with you. If you say, yeah, I'm looking at it, I'm probably going to buy a car in three months, they're not going to take you seriously partly because they don't know where they're going to be three months from now. They don't know if that car is going to be sold three months from now. And they don't know if, um, you know, maybe they need to get these cars out because they're not making their numbers. Right. So I prefer to do this in real time. Okay. So um, we go back and forth with this dealer and, and they're like, yeah, okay. We'll give you your deal. Like, this is, this is fantastic. So I show up, I, I look at the car, the car is gorgeous. I get in, turn it on. It's those push button things now that I've never had before. Ooh, it's fun. And uh, of course I go to the 360 camera and it's not working right. I'm like, what the, this, this is not what I want. So what happened was it was giving me 360, but on all the white areas there was this green distortion, uh, green fuzzy pixelated stuff where it was white. Like This is terrible. I can't have this. And I said, well, I, I can't buy this car because this is a problem for me. I'm in the video business, for God's sake. I can't be walking around, driving around a car that has a video problem. So I said, this is no good. Now, they, they, the 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 guy, the sales guy goes back, tells the sales manager. The sales manager comes out, big, huge guy. He's like, hey, you know, we can fix that for you. Yeah, so wait a minute. You want me to buy a new car, and before I drive it away, you want me to put it in for repair? <laughs> no, no. That doesn't feel good. Are you sure? I don't think I could be more sure. Well, what if we can find another car? I said, that's fine. You know, this isn't the only car, but if you can do that, great. So we go back in the dealership and they find two cars. Same trim, but with more options, about $2,000 more options, which I didn't want. So I said, well, that's fine, but, you know, I can't, uh, I don't need those $2,000. Well, if we can get it for the same price for this car, would you get one of those cars? absolutely. You're going to give me $2,000 more stuff for free. Yeah, sure. I'll take it. Okay. Well, we'll get back to you. Fantastic. So we leave that night and the next morning I get a call. We got it. Deal. Which one do you want? This car or that car? I said, well, I'll take that car. Great. And I said to them, okay, what I need you to do is send me an email that confirms the pricing, my trade in value, which I had already told them when I wanted the loan deal. I want that confirmed. And if you do those things, I'll visit you tomorrow like, absolutely no problem. So tomorrow rolls around. Uh, I think that was a Tuesday. I didn't get an email, but I did get a call from them. So the sales guy's a little sheepish. He's like, yeah, those two cars aren't available after all. The dealer who has them says they're going to sell them both on Sun or Monday. And this is, I think, Saturday or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Because but we have another car. It's only $3,000 more. We can get that for you. Nope. What do you mean, no? Because it's $3,000 more, and that's not what we dealed. So, you know, sorry, but the deal's done. Click. So Monday rolls around, and I'm watching those other two cars on the other dealer's website because they're there. I, I know exactly what the two cars are. I've been watching them the whole time. And they're on my uh, my spreadsheet. So Monday rolls around. Nope. Tuesday rolls around. Nope. Wednesday, nope. Thursday, nope. So I emailed the dealer and said, hey, uh, I'd like to uh, get this. No response. Friday, text, no response. So Saturday, I called the sales manager. I asked for him. And uh, it was funny, when you ask for the sales manager, somebody thinks that something went wrong. So I I asked for the sales manager, and prior, I had went to car soup on these cars and figured out, hey, I know a little bit about that. Sales manager gets on, I'm like, hey, uh, you have this car, it's VIN number, blah, 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 blah. Can I look that up? Absolutely. Take your time. I said, you've had that car for 88 days, here's my deal, X, do you want to sell it? And he's like, yeah, we want to sell it, but can I get back to you just to see if we can do that deal or not? Absolutely. Take your time. So we hang up. The next day, which I think was a Saturday, sales guy reaches out and says, yep, we got that deal. It's yours. Uh, When can you come in? So, well, I can't come in now because it's a little late. Uh, And Sundays, by the way, you can't buy a new car in Las Vegas. I think it's a Mormon thing from way back then. But so we had to wait. We couldn't do Sunday because of the no new car buying thing. And so Monday rolls around, happened to be a holiday and Melissa was with me. So we decided to buy the car then. So we were getting ready to head on down to buy the Buick. And uh, the Traverse, Traverse thing popped up again. I had seen this car, got some good reviews. Basically the same shape of the Buick, but I didn't really do much research on it. Didn't look at it, didn't drive one. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to drive one of these things on the way to the Buick dealership just so I can check it off and and make sure it's gotten done. You know, due diligence and all that stuff. So I look it up. Um, I looked up the car soup on this car that I was interested in, and they didn't have a car soup entry. So not all cars are on car soup. So I just simply applied the discount I was getting on the Buick to what they had for the invoice of this car. And that's what I was gonna offer them if I wanted the car. So we go to the dealer, and by the way, I gotta say something about car dealers today, and especially salespeople, man, they're, they're okay. Everyone we worked with, and we ended up working with two or three, were all super nice. You know, none of them were, were bitchy or moany, or especially, you know, I told a number of them that there was no deal, and they all handled it pretty well. So we, we go to the dealer, the uh, Traverse, the Chevy dealer, test drive the thing I'm like well this is this is kind of a neat car it's sportier than the Buick but it's a pretty cool car so negotiation began I had started with my number and I ended up negotiating at the dealer which I told you I don't like to do but yeah we're there let's try it so we go back and forth they they come into the trade-in in my car they say well we can offer you x which was two thousand dollars less than what I wanted. I said well I, I appreciate that thank you so much uh, but no deal I went to get out, wait, 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 are you sure? No, yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand, you're doing the best you can, but uh, somebody offered me $2,000 more, I'm certainly not going to take $2,000 less from you. They went back, and they actually matched it and beat it a little bit. And then they came with the car, it was about $3,000 high. Hey, thanks, I really appreciate the effort, thanks for letting me drive it, but no. Came back, uh, no. Came back again, the sales manager came back, how about this? No. Came back, the general manager came back and said, how about this? And I said, well, um, that's pretty good he goes let me ask you are you going to buy a car today I'm like yeah I'm actually going to buy a car today actually he said will you buy this car today I said I'm going to buy a car today so I don't know if it's going to be your car or a Buick that I'm supposed to look at but you have a 50 50 chance if you're going to give me that deal but I'm going to keep my word and go check out the Buick he goes okay we'll give you the deal so he printed something out for me that had the deal on it. And off I went to the Buick to look at this car. So the car is there, it's ready for me, gleaming beautiful. I get in, start it up, 360 camera, same problem. The green dithery noise stuff. I'm like, gee, what the is f- going on with this car? Well, there's another one over there. Let's try that. Get in the other car. Start it up, green dithery stuff on the 360 camera. I'm like, what 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 are you guys doing here? He goes, Can we look at one more car? Sure. So we go inside the showroom and we start the car up and it looks gorgeous. So it was heat induced. They had a heat induced problem that was uniform with every single car, three, that I looked at. And they're like, well, you can see that it works. I said, yeah, but it's hot here <laughs> six months out of the year. I'm gonna use a car that six months out of the year is gonna piss me off. So I can't do it, I just can't do it. So I went back to the to the Chevy dealer and uh, ended up buying a Chevy Traverse. And here's what the car looks like right here. Boink. There it is. There's me and the beautiful wife in my 19, or 2018 Chevy Traverse High Country, I believe is what it is. Speckly black. It's a very, very nice car. And what was interesting when we uh, got into the negotiation, they uh, we went back and forth a few times. They tried to give me a higher interest rate, and I'm like, come on. My 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 score my credit score is 840 or whatever it is 829 or whatever so I'm not paying that so they came back and gave me what I wanted but there was an interesting thing they ended up giving me another thousand dollars off than I negotiated for so the the deal ended up being 93 percent of invoice which is amazing. Uh, I was super, super happy with it. And they're, again, very, very nice folks. Uh, one thing I'll say about this technique, and that is this will not work if you're trying to buy a car that everybody's trying to buy. So if you're, whatever the most popular car is, what is it, a Toyota Corolla or something, this probably doesn't work as well. Or a Tesla, probably not gonna work. But uh, for cars that aren't as as uh, aggressively bought, and by the way, Kelly Blue Book and Edmonds also talk about, how much these car? How often people are buying these cars? Are they hot or not? Which also helps you in knowing whether that you have some negotiation capabilities as well. So, um, again, love the car buying experience because it's simply unfair. And to that, I say, let us drink, shall we? Ah! I can see there's a couple of people in the live chat who are also aggressive car buyers. (laughs) It's pretty cool. (laughs) Okay, it's have a drink on me time. Uh, This is the part of the show where I show you a picture of a bar or a speakeasy or a pub. And you guess that place. You send me an email. What Scott, where do I send the email to? Oh, I love that you would ask that question. You send the email to have a drink at Vegasvideonetwork.com. Again, have a drink at Vegasvideonetwork.com. You send that guess to us. And if it's a correct guess, we put you in a hat. Now, do I just put your name in the hat once? Maybe. But is there a way to put your hat, your name in the hat multiple times? Oh, there is. There's five opportunities to get your name in the hat. Here they are. First, correct answer, in the hat. Second, if you submitted entry and you happen to be in the live chat during this segment, I'm going to put another entry in for you. That's two. You know what? If you send a video guess, I'm putting you in again. That's three. If you are the first correct answer that we receive, that's four. And if you do an intro video, five opportunities pops who's in the live chat today, he will be getting four opportunities to win because he did the intro, he sent us a video entry, he's got an entry in general, and he's in the live chat, four. Pops has got it figured out. Now, what can you win? Fair question, a couple things. First of all, it's called have a drink on me. So uh, I'll buy a drink at a pub or speakeasy or a lounge. Um, If you're in Las Vegas, that's the time to do it. And by the way, we, we, uh, I, we've been doing this for years now. As a matter of fact, we've been doing it for folks who won years ago and just t- taken advantage of it recently because we love you. And we, t- we typically go to Golden Tiki, which is now my favorite bar. Uh, so you can get a drink. or maybe you're into music. And the holidays are right around the corner, kids. So I've got a couple CDs, three, I have Christmas acoustic or Christmas Acoustic 2 really good, if I might say, Christmas CDs, and Gajazathon, which is a acoustic jazz Latin guitar. Or you might want one of these bad boys. This is a Vegas Video Network visor. It comes in one color, black, like my heart. It comes in red, too. Uh, Pretty popular right now, A, because it's a fashion powerhouse, and B, it creates magic. See, if you do win this visor... You look at yourself and go, I'm a a handsome man. So you take a picture, or a handsome woman, you take a picture of yourself, you send that picture to me, I take it, and magic happens. Scott, what kind of magic can possibly happen with that? Well, (laughs) that picture shows up, you become a part of the galaxy of God. God. There's seven Aussies, David Greg, and Bill, just testy Robert and Rosie and Scott and Michael again. Whoop! It's a hat on. That's not what I want. <laughs> and Robert and then there is Rosie and Scott and did those guys. And Dinky and Bob and Alan and Aaron, who are nudists, but they don't brag. There is our Bob and Bob's wife, Danny and Shan, not there's great. Go ahead. Jimmy and Rob and Candace Stewart and Christina, who's all babies, are because of my music. And there's Don and then there's Jackie and who is Mike and Pop Sammy Carol and a dog and Chris and let's do these other ones. And Brett, okay, <laughs> okay, very good. Okay. This was a hard one. <laughs> Super hard. I think we got nine out of nine, which I like. And this next one might be hard as well, but we'll see. And here is last week's Have a Drink On Me. And the answer is The International at Westgate, The International at Westgate, and The International at Westgate. All right. Let's see what you got here. Okay. Our first correct answer, and it was an excellent, it was fast, too. Ozzie Deb, one for the, this is from Australia. She's actually watching live right now in the live chat. So she gets one for the correct answer, and then Ozzie Deb gets one more because she's in the live chat, and she gets one more because she is the first correct answer. So already, she's got three opportunities to win if we win it right now she'd have a hundred percent chance of winning next up we've got mr testy oh actually we don't because mr testy won last week or last episode and he knows that though he just said it's a practice please don't pick on me so i'm not going to pick on mr testy he knows the rules he's not greedy he's a friendly guy so we're going to just put him off the side and not say anything bad about him next up we got mike in the cove. One for the correct answer. We've got Monica Fagan Binky. One for the correct answer. We've got Andy from New Hampshire. Long-time player. Couple-time winner. We've got Faze Jitter. One for the correct answer. Faze Jitter is in the live chat. Richard, he's been around for some time. Boink. And now we have Tom Yu. And he's got a correct answer. And Tom writes... Tom you. Uh, here's my guess, it's the international. I don't have any idea how the clues relate. <laughs> I thought they were really good clues. Come on, Tom. because I had to decipher the XXX over the logo. So if you look at the, the picture again, if you look at that lighted, lighted tower bar column, you'll see X's over the actual logo and the name of the bar. So he looked at that and analyzed it. Not to go, Tommy? Good show this week. I took down some notes for things uh, to do uh, during the visit next week. If interested and have a time for a drink, we will be there. Fantastic. Thanks, like so. Tom. Next up, we've got Sam the Wrench. One for the correct answer. Sam's in the live chat. And he also just joined the Galaxy of Gods. He was the first Galaxy of God guy. Here is Sam. Right there, what's going on Sam, my brother? Very cool, brother, very cool. So he gets one for the correct answer, he gets one for being in the live chat. Way to go. And then finally, we've got Pops. One for the correct answer, Pops. One for being in the live chat, Pops. One for the intro, that's three. And Pops. One for this video, Opus, standby. Man, that's awesome. La-da-dee, Pops, where are you? Little, little Pops, where are you? Hey kids, Scott continues to be on a roll. This week's Correct Adam Answer is the International Bar at Westgate. It used to be the Las Vegas Hilton. It used to be where the Star Trek exhibit is. Matter of fact, that's the last time I stepped through the door. It was the Las Vegas Hilton and the Star Trek experience was there. Anyhow, this week's choice, slightly off strip. Um, Don't know if it's as high end as some of the strip things. I kind of like the choice, though. Thumbs up, Scott. See ya. Thank you, Pops. All right. So Pops has a pretty high chance of winning four in there. Deb. Three. Hmm. Pretty good. Let's see what we got. Does it help? Let's feel it. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Here it is. This is the one right here. The winner is... Pops! There it is, Pops! You did it! You did it, baby! I think he's going to get a visor. Way to go, way to go. All right, let's look at this week's Have a Drink Upon Moi. Here it is. All right, here are the hints. Hit number one, I gave it a really crappy review recently. Hit number one, I gave it a crappy review recently. And hit number two, and this will be the last hint, because if you look at the picture, it's pretty obvious. Uh, if we were in uh, Mexico, they would call it Trey Tiburon, given the, what you're seeing on the picture right there. Trey Tiburon. You must roll your R's. If you know the name of this place, you're going to send their guest to have a drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. Again, have a drink at vegasvideonetwork.com. Cool? cool. Hey, I think we got some time for uh, maybe some listener email. Let's do that. What do you think? Cool? Yeah. That's right. Boom. That's it. So oh, Rose is my bitch. All right, email time. We do get to these. I was going to do a whole show on email. We'll just do a couple today uh, and get a little caught up, hopefully, here. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing great. Plenty of time. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Question number one from Samuel Jackson. Sam the Wrench, who is in the live chat. So I'm, I'm going to answer your question, Sam. It took a while to figure out uh, this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, today, I was walking through my garage and it dawned on me. Or did I feel stupid? It's the International Bar. Westgate used to be the Las Vegas Hilton. That's where Elvis used to play. Uh, And before that, it was the International, right? Uh, Many, many times I have stayed there while attending trade shows and out the side door to the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, Man, this does bring back some crazy memories. This isn't a question. This is a (laughs) Haddam. Okay, well, there you go. Thanks thanks for emailing. I should have read that during the other one. Okay, here's a question from James For God's sake, come on, Scott. James writes, this is back in October, a little little tardy. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the show and have been making my way through all of your past episodes after first discovering the show about a year ago on the YouTube. I found your show after planning my family's first trip to Las Vegas, and I was looking for information on visiting Las Vegas That was beyond the 10 to 15 minute long videos warning us not to get long hauled by cabs and not to play the slots on the strip. Your videos have been a breath of fresh air amidst that overflowing collection of modified top 10 videos. I wanna say thank you for your advice. Your explanation on the $20 technique helped us score an amazing 33rd floor strip view on the Venetian And that's great that he said technique and not trick. It's not a trick, it's a technique. And a quick reminder, the $20 technique is simply an opportunity to maybe get an update or upgrade on your room. When you hand your, your credit card and your driver's license to the person checking you in, you put a $20 bill in between the two. And you just simply ask, you know, if you have any uh, latitude and provide an upgrade, that'd be fantastic, or however you want to say it. And nine times out of ten, they're going to give you an upgrade. Uh, You helped us know where to go and where not to go and when, and how to avoid getting scammed while in town. Please keep doing what you do. And a lot of us aren't only entertained by your show, but we also benefit greatly from your advice and insight. Thank you again, James in Baltimore. My pleasure, James. Thank you for writing. It's very nice of you. It's nice getting these kind of emails where people say thanks for this stuff. I appreciate it. Because, believe it or not, we work a lot. Um, Pops in the live chat says, yep, he is going to be getting the gla- uh, the black visor. His seventh win, by the way. Pops has been playing this thing like a fiddle. The guy's given multiple entries. He, this is his seventh win. Can you believe that? All right, next up we've got, now we've got Sam Jackson. Now let's make sure this is a question. Here it is. Okay. Uh oh he's just asking me how I want the picture well actually let's read it we got back from our road trip through Utah uh, never had been there at ground level before and was curious although have flown over it many times uh, then to an appointment in Carmel Valley and Capitola, California I love Capitola by the way Uh, While plowing through the mountains of mail, discovered a piece from the Vegas Video Network. He had got one of those visors. It contained the visor. Thank you so much. Thrilled. Photos following soon. It wasn't soon. It took him a long time, and you will be penalized for that. Uh, Which do you prefer, portrait or landscape? Uh, Just so you know, I prefer landscape. Uh, Thanks again, and cheers. Sam's uh, become a a regular here, and we sure uh, appreciate him playing along with us. Moving forward, our last email for the day. We're going to do from John Herman. John writes, I have a couple questions. I have a comment and two questions. I'm not much of a craps player. This is based upon the show we did about new games uh, coming to the Strip. Although I did have an epic run earlier this year. I agree that it can be intimidating, for sure, with all that crazy betting. Yeah, craps freaks me out. I don't see how anybody (laughs) could play that. But many casinos have lessons in the morning, and that's true. Uh, which is smart, right? Because for people like me who are freaked out by it, if I'm a tourist and I'm hanging out and it's 10 in the morning and they're like, yeah, we'll give you lessons on craps for free. Should, yeah, let's do it. Also, the dealers uh, will be very good about helping you with the betting, especially the odds bets when it makes more sense to bet a multiple of five. Now, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about that, but I have seen, actually it kind of depends on the property. I've seen some dealers be super helpful you know provide guidance on what you shouldn't do especially in blackjack but i've seen some dealers who are just dying not happy to be there and just trying to get through the hour so it kind of depends where you're going having played craps a few times i think that they that the felt and having a boxman stickman and more than one dealer are part of the fun and that would be missing in electronic version so to recap we, uh, a couple of these new games I saw, there was a craps table that instead of having the felt, it was basically glass and it had a projection of the craps table underneath it, which mean it was animated, all kinds of things could be shown there. Uh, it was pretty slick, including, yeah, including your, your uh, chips, I believe. So you didn't have chips that you were throwing on, you were just basically moving chips from uh, a panel, uh, a TV panel in front of you that then went onto the uh, table. It's pretty cool um also craps is a game that is full of superstition and i'm i'm that would be missing with the electronic version i have played a fair bit of poker and i agree it can be intimidating as well i noticed that you bet queen deuce off (laughs) suit see i don't even know what that means Uh, are you crazy you'd be ridiculed to no end if you did that in a real poker game that's not how poker should be yeah i know i just wanted to lift the cards in a in a electronic uh, poker table i just wanted to see what it was I wasn't paying attention at all. I just wanted to show what that looked like. And I wanted to bet just to see what it looked like. I mean, I know not to bet on bad cards. Come on. Now, by the way, I'm going to Effingham tomorrow. And uh, part of what we do is we play cards. And last year, I kicked the crap out of those guys. It was fantastic. (laughs) And those are the kind of people who play that you know, play games like, you know, everybody's turn, they get to pick what, what game they want to play. So, you know, it's like Between the Sheets and Suicide Kings or all kinds of nonsense. But I beat them. All right. I'm thinking of going to see Clint Holmes at the Cab Jazz at Smith Center. There is regular seating, high top, and mezzanine. I believe you've been there. Do you have any thoughts on how the various seatings compare? And if there are any bad seats in the house yeah i do so i've been there many many times as a matter of fact Livestream las vegas has shot there many many times it is first of all the best room for music in las vegas i believe it is fantastic holds about 240 or so people the guy who uh is the sound mixer there daryl used to do sound for ozzy osbourne black sabbath which you wouldn't think would be a great guy to have for jazz. But this guy is a monster British guy. Great stories. Um, And he's got that room just completely dialed in. Actually, there's two Daryls. One Daryl does front of house and one Daryl does all the speakers, the monitors for the people up on the stage. So it sounds great in there. It's a beautiful room, kind of an art deco vibe. It's just fantastic. Now, uh, with regards to seating, you know, it's 240 or so seats. There really isn't a bad seat in the house, but there are better seats. And so the you know, my favorite seat is to get as close to the band as possible. So the four uh, short guys that are in front of the stage, that's what I would go. The high tops um, are good in that you're looking over people um, they, they tend to be on the outside of the first floor. Those are okay. And then the mezzanine, like I said, it's not a very big room, but the mezzanine in the back, like where we are when we shoot, you're not going to see the detail that you would see if you're up front. So I would recommend, if you can, probably in a pricing deal, small tables up in the front, high tops, around the sides. I wouldn't go to the very back, and then if there's no more left, uh, mezzanine. By the way, uh, Clint is fantastic Uh, He is the best lyrical interpreter I think I've ever heard. Certainly the best in Las Vegas. Arguably the best I've heard. His last album, which he put out uh, last year, um, had a couple songs that I just thought were magic. Actually, he he was uh, nominated for a couple Emmys. He is just an amazing singer and a nice guy as well. So yeah, enjoy that. Uh, On another podcast not originating from Vegas, they reported that the cocktail cabaret as... Uh, oh, the Cocktail Cabaret is closing. Is that true? Yeah, um, so it did kind of. If you remember, I had Keith Thompson on the show who created that. And we talked about how he pitched it to Caesars and, and the process of doing that. And literally the week after he was here, I read the same thing uh, on, uh, online. And uh, so I reached out to him. And it was super interesting because all kinds of people were saying it was close, including the people in the show. Yeah, it was a good run. We did it longer than we thought. Blah blah. We've all heard that stuff. And I, so I reached out to Keith and said, "Hey man, sorry to hear about this. What you know? What happened?" And we were just talking, like things were going pretty well. What? <laughs> and he said, "Well, you know, hold hold, hold on. Uh, a couple of things are in play. Uh, would it would be okay if I responded, you know, in a couple of days." I'm like, "Well, of course it's okay. It's <laughs> you could tell me to go fuck off. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I appreciate you asking that nicely." So, uh, come to find out, they're back. So I don't know if they're back back, but I know they're back during for Christmas. Um, slightly different lineup, but the lineup that I saw was not the original lineup and they crushed it. So I will tell you, if you if you are here in town, whether a local or a tourist, and the Cocktail Cabaret is playing, this is at Caesars at the uh, Cleopatra Barge, um, go see them, because they're fantastic. And be careful where you see, because that, that room, which is visually interesting, actually has some terrible seating options. The barge is raised, like let's say you're the stage. It's raised about like this, the stage is, and then there's like a dance floor and some seating in front of it, but then it drops down. There's some water, like a moat around it, barge, and then they're sitting below there, and that's crappy seating. So if you're gonna sit, what you wanna do is either get on the floor, which is their VIP tickets, or Basically, straight back or off to the back, to the sides this way. It's a bunch of booths and stuff. But you don't want to get down on the, on, the, on the second level, or maybe it's the first level, whatever they call it, because the seating there is crappy, and the angle is crappy. You don't want to be doing that. Okay? All right. That's it, folks. Dun, 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 dun. Anything else I want to talk about? Oh, there was a live chat question from Pops last time. He said, you know, since I've been hanging out at all these uh, cool places off strip, am I ever going to go back to the strip? Yeah, I'm going to go back. I like the strip. Strip's my favorite. All right. Oh, one last thing before we wrap up. I just want to tell people that podcasting is magic. Just magic. Now, recognize that I've been doing podcasting now for, well, since 2005. So I've been a podcaster for 13 years. I've been a professional podcaster for 12 years. So A, the fact that I can make a living being a podcaster and helping other people podcast and build studios is pretty cool. But I'll tell you what's the charming part of podcasting, and that is the friends you meet. And when we first moved here, we started the podcast Uh, We moved here in August of 05. We started our podcast in 06, January of 06. And many of the first friends that we had in Vegas were people who had heard the podcast and either lived here or moved here as a result of the podcast or whatever reasons. And we became friends. For example, Jacob um, Cannon, who many of you might remember, um, he met us through the podcast. Ended up working at Vegas Video Network for a while. We had drinks last night with probably one of the first Podcast viewers, listeners, I should say, ever. This is uh, Tim and Nanette from Georgia. And there, there's my beautiful wife, Melissa, and your buddy, Scott. And uh, they were in town, hadn't been here for 10 years, or in town, you know, remembered us, hung out with us, and asked if we would like to meet them for drinks. And we did. Um, this is nuts. That somebody who I met 10 years ago and, and who followed us and liked the show and all that kind of... As a matter of fact, he said he's probably the third person who joined uh, our Roku channel when we, when we fired that up, which I think was in 2010 or so. No, probably 11. Um, but it's pretty nice. It's charming as hell that somebody uh, still likes you, respects you, wants to hang out and catch up. And that's all because of podcasting, man. Podcasting is absolutely uh, magic, if you ask me. All right, that's it. All right, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at onairq@livinginlv.com. at Again, onairq@livinginlv.com. at There's the email down there. If you want to send us a voicemail, you can do that. That's super easy. Just go to our website right there. On the right-hand side, you'll see a little orangey guy. You'll click that guy and boop, little dude will pop up and you'll send us an email, or sorry, a voicemail because you have a Microphone attached to your computer because you're special that way. Hey, we're on iTunes. We're on the social media. If, if you're watching us or listening to us on iTunes, give us a five-star review. And if you're checking us out on on the YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Share us as well with your friends. We're on Roku, 79,000 accounts installed. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Chromecast, Spotify, Apple, Google, Fire TV, Google Play, and, of course, the Vegas video network. That's it, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys on the next episode of the Living in Las Vegas podcast. Thanks for playing along, everybody. Take care.